We're exploring the divine abidings, uh, generally, commonly in the Buddhist structure, there's four, and the first one is metta, loving-kindness, second is karuna, compassion, mudita, sympathetic joy, and upeka, equanimity. Today, <clears throat> I want to talk about karuna, or compassion, and it is one of the most misunderstood and widely practiced emotions. It is exalted, it is praised, but many people realize there's a price to be paid for being a compassionate person. Uh, that is generally because compassion is misunderstood. Of all of the emotions, it is the easiest one to get wrong. And uh, for me, a great deal of clarification came through carefully reading the Buddhist texts and also being nicely informed by various uh, writers on this, uh, other monks who had sorted through this. So the essence really is compassion is simply a subset of loving-kindness. Loving-kindness divides into uh, compassion, and that is loving-kindness for those who are suffering, and sympathetic joy, loving-kindness for those who are happy and enjoying themselves. So it, compassion is a subset of loving-kindness. It, it is no other than loving-kindness. It is loving-kindness for those who are suffering, it is not, very importantly not, sympathetic grief for those who are suffering. It's also universal, so it's not just a resonance, uh, a sense of loving-kindness for those who are suffering that you know, that are close to you, that are in your family, or even <clears throat> that are your friends. It's universalized, so it's for all beings. We try to radiate this out and expand this for all beings. If we become a virtuoso of this, we can uh, have compassion for our enemies. Ultimately, we realize uh, compassion has to be uh, informed by wisdom. And we realize that whatever beings are suffering, uh, they may be full of anger or hate or ill will towards you. But that in itself is a form of suffering, and it is a trap. And they, whoever cultivates that anger and hatred, is trapped in a maze of confusion. And all of they are are humans trapped in that maze of confusion. If they knew better, they wouldn't be there. They wouldn't be your enemy. So if we look at this, this helps us to be equanimous, at least towards our enemies, and hopefully compassionate even. So I have loving kindness for those who are confused and suffering needlessly. We have loving kindness also for those who are just suffering naturally from the fact that we have a body, and that's pretty well inevitable. Having a body, whether you're a human or an animal, any conscious being with a body, is destined to suffer. 
the body ages, um, it is vulnerable to illness, and eventually the body dies, is discarded. And so these can be very painful processes. And uh, sometimes they're linked in with mental anguish as well. And sometimes they're purely physical events. But we have understanding of what that is. We, we ourselves exper have experienced that and will experience it. We know what it's like. And so <clears throat> we radiate this warmth towards other beings. Now here's the important thing. And if you can get one point that will change the rest of your life, it's this, is that there is no element of grief in this. You are not grieving for those who are suffering. It should not grieve for your own suffering. Loving kindness is inevitably and inseparably linked to a very beautiful and positive feeling. That's why it's called a divine abiding. It's an experience of, of the heavenly. It's a soft and expansive warmth that pervades your whole emotional structure and can include your body, <clears throat> sweep your body up into that. And so the um, cultivation of this should be done, you should thoughtfully realize that it's not a disaster or a terrible thing that, that beings suffer, it's simply a fact of existence. And that um, you can use this inevitable relationship to other beings in a positive way for yourself. So you, when other beings are suffering, you are quite willing to help if you can, but quite often you cannot. They might be halfway across the world. You just hear about it. But you can raise this sense of loving kindness for them. And it's pure. It's unadulterated by grief, sorrow, resentment, or even anger. <clears throat> In Buddhism, we're not, we don't have God to blame. Sometimes uh, in some religions, they, have, they conceive of God as a kindly being, and then disasters happen, and they blame God angrily <laughs> because they're so compassionate, etc. We don't have this situation. So this is very hard to get your mind around. If you have not heard this before, and if you've not explored this before, it just goes against almost everything you ordinarily hear about the nature of compassion. It can be separated from negative emotions and should be. You're not happy that people are suffering. You are realizing that there is no point in you joining them in their suffering. You need to stay healthy as a doctor needs to be healthy around the sick as nurses need to be healthy around the sick. And in fact, that's a uplifting quality. You have to be well and emotionally stable and full of positive emotions around those who are not uh, doing well. That they're either physically in pain or they're uh, emotionally in anguish. <clears throat> you radiate that out without discrimination over all beings. Now that's uh, a great demand um, and something to be worked towards, not something that you have to do, but you, you can start somewhere, anywhere. It's entirely all right, of course, that you have compassion for your immediate family or your good friends 
or even your pets, etc. It's just that one should not be satisfied with that, should work outwards, radiate it outwards. Keep practicing it um, as an exercise, but not just a dry exercise, a real exercise in, in the emotion of loving-kindness for a specialized group of beings, those who are suffering. So that's just a an introduction to compassion, but it summarizes all that you will ultimately find. The rest is a matter of your own development of skills in this area. <laughs>